our our friend Jess, she really said it best that like you know the hundred mile distance distance is difficult enough. There's no need to add mountains and navigating to it for your first one. Diz Runs Radio episode eleven hundred and seventy starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey, y'all, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, today's episode is brought to you by me, by the coaching that I offer, specifically by my one-to-one coaching level, which, you know, maybe this is a, this is a hot take, maybe this is a biased impression, but I think it might be the best value for dollar out there in terms of online coaching. Not the cheapest, not, not going to say that, but uh, what you get is is pretty legit, and I'm a poet and didn't know it. Uh, but what do you what do you get at the one to one level of coaching? Well, obviously, at least to me, obviously, you're going to get a customized plan. I mean, I, I you know I, my biases are well documented if you've been listening to the show for a while. But I just think if you're if you're paying for coaching and it's not a customized pa- plan, I mean, you might want to reassess who you're paying for your coaching. But that's you know there's a lot of there's a lot of other value for other other reasons that you might be paying for a coach. But where, where I come from, customized plan that's a one. Like that's not even up for discussion. You're going to get a customized plan created specifically for you. What else are you going to get? Well, we're going to we're going to jump on the phone and kind of make sure that we got all our we're, we're we're all on the same page as we get started. Kind of help speed up the onboarding process, which doesn't take dramatically long at the coterie level. But when you get that call with the one to one, like we're up to speed just a little bit quicker. So you know, there's a little bit of added bonus there, and and maybe the the two big bonuses or the two big things that really separate one to one from the coterie is that you're going to get a call every month where we jump on the phone, talk for 20, 30 minutes, or at least have the option. I, I don't. I don't require you to schedule your call, but you're welcome to schedule a call every month. And we just kind of talk through, all right, where are we at? What are you struggling with? What's going well? Hey, maybe everything's going good. We can talk about sports or we can talk about the weather. We can talk about what books we've read lately. Maybe that's all we're going to talk about. But assuming there's some some issues that maybe we want to discuss or some, some you know, maybe some some partial miscommunications that have happened, we could clear the, clear the air, make sure we're still firmly on the same page, have a good plan to go forward. And uh, you also have the access to me uh, via the, the Voxer app, which you may not be familiar with Voxer, but it's basically just two-way communication. Um, but it's it's an app that I only use with my one-to-one coaching clients, which means that it's also an app that uh, one of the very few apps that I get notifications for on my phone. Basically, you get to message me anytime you want to. I'm not going to pretend that if you message me at 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm going to be right back at you. Um, but much more timely feedback, much more timely interaction. Uh, you know, I have some folks that need a little extra accountability. So like there's just a schedule on my calendar. Hey, check in, check in with so-and-so at such and such a time, uh, just about every day. And so I just, Hey, Hey, how did it go today? What's happening? What's going on? Uh, you get that kind of level of interaction at the one-to-one level as well. So if that sounds good, sounds like something that might help you heading into heading through the dog days of summer, at least as this episode comes out, if you listen to it relatively in the middle of, of, of July, 2023. It's hot out y'all. Uh, maybe you want a little bit of help, a little bit of guidance, maybe, you know, kind of looking ahead to the fall race season, whatever, um, jump on board to one-to-one coaching, uh, and find out all the, all the details that I pretty much just gave you all of them. Disruns.com slash one, two, one coaching. The number's one, the number two, the number one coaching, uh, is, is the, the link there. Once again, disruns.com slash one, two, one coaching. There's a button at the bottom of the page that says sign up, get you started. Any questions, let me know. Now, without any further ado, Let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, y'all. Um, my guest today is a lady that is no stranger to, spend, to spending some serious time out there pounding the pavement, or maybe, from what I can tell, I don't know, we'll get into it as, as we, as we kind of go through today, maybe more likely pounding out some time on the trails, which, you know, not for nothing, that's a good time right there. Uh, she's also involved with hosting and directing uh, some endurance events, I think, I think maybe different types of endurance events again. I don't know. We'll, we'll see where it goes. Certainly some running events. Um, so one way or the other, there's a pretty decent chance we might take a peek behind the, uh, the curtain about some of the logistics involved with putting on a race, which, uh, I know we've talked about that a few times in the past with various folks. And, uh, it's always fascinating to me how many moving parts are going on when it comes to hosting a race. Um, so I always love to kind of hear, hear some of those stories and, and 
um, always makes me more appreciative of the folks working behind the scenes at a race. So maybe there'll be some of that. I'm sure there will be some of that today. So one way or the other, though, there will be no shortage of things to talk about today. So let's get the party started and officially welcome Mrs. Ms. Michelle Lada to the show. Michelle, thanks for joining us today and, and welcome to the party. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, looking forward to it. Y'all, if you enjoyed today's conversation and want to kind of follow along with, with Michelle on social media, she's got she's got all the social media handles, so stay stay tuned. Get your get your notes out, or, of course, we'll have it all linked up in the show notes to make it easy for you. Although, if you find the, the first Instagram handle, you can pretty much find everything else. That's why we put it first. It's the easiest one to get to, to get to everywhere else. Anyway, Instagram. She's got three handles there for the various things that she's got going on. At Michella.RunsTheWorld, and that's M-E-C-H-E-L-L-A dot runs the world all one word um and that is like kind of the, i think kind of the the main hub for her personal stuff uh, at ultra reinas and that's like the ultra queens in espanol see i've been i've been working on my espanol a little bit um at ultra r-e-i-n-a-s for the rest of us gringos that don't do much of the espanol um and she's one third of the reinas there so you can follow along with with her and some of her friends running the ultras and racing chigonga did i say that right chingonga chingana I don't know. Chingona. Chingona. Race Chingona, <laughs> um, which is the race company as well, at R-A-C-E-C-H-I-N-G-O-N-A. Again, all those are on Instagram. If you just go to the first one, at michella.runstheworld. She's got all of the other ones linked there. Make it easy to find. Also, if, on the, if you're on the YouTubes, you can follow the the Ultra Queens there. Again, at Ultra Reinas, R-E-I-N-A-S, Ultra, like the race, not the shoe, U-L-T-R-A, Reinas on YouTube. Uh, and again, as always, we'll have everything linked up. Don't have to worry about your spelling or your Espanol or whatever the case might be. We'll have it linked for you in the show notes today. Dizruns.com slash 1170. Dizruns.com slash 1170 will get you back to the show notes. And from there, the world's your oyster. We'll have all, all the things we talked about today, races, Instagram handles, whatever else linked there to get to at your leisure. So now we got all the housekeeping out of the way, Michelle. Let's get to the, to the fun stuff. Uh, and the way we start off each episode of the show is with uh, a pretty simple uh, introductory question that for some folks, the answer is pretty straightforward and easy. Some folks, and uh, I, I think maybe you might be in this category because usually the ultra folks struggle with it a little bit more because there's just, uh, I mean, there's a lot of options for everybody, but there's a lot of options for the ultra folks. But anyway, that's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? My favorite distance to race, I think is probably the 50K. If not the hundred mile. <laughs> I mean, you know, just tomato, tomato right there. Like, it's like, you know, <laughs> they both have like amazing things to offer. Like the 50 K is like to dip your toe into. And if you really want to get into like the racing racing, which I, I kind of did one year um, versus the hundred mile, you're just, you're out there for a long time. You're out there for a good time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's true. It's, it, it, yeah, I kind of am, am chuckling to myself because oh. I feel like maybe I don't think I've ever had anybody say 50K and 100 mile as kind of like I'm not sure which one is my favorite. But I feel like I feel like and I can't remember who. So if, if whoever said this is listening, forgive me. But I feel like there might have been somebody at one point that said, I kind of like the 5K and I kind of like the marathon. And it's just like. <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe that's the road running equivalent of the 50K and the 100 mile, where it's just like, you know, I can, I can really race the 5K, but then the, the marathon, like, I'm just kind of out there cruising. And I guess I guess it's kind of the same the same line of thought, just magnified by just a little bit. <laughs> so anyway, uh, and again, you know, with these questions, there's, there's nothing, there's no right answer, wrong answer. It's just it's just a head scratcher that you're at the, the different ends of the ultra ultra spectrum, I guess. But we'll, maybe we'll unpack that a little bit by uh, kind of turning turning back the clock a little bit um, and, and asking, Michelle, how'd you, how'd you get started in running? Is it, has it been something that's, I mean, feel like, you know, people that have, are, are running 100 milers, like didn't just start yesterday. Usually you have to build to that. But um, how, how recently have you dipped your toes into the running waters? Where, how'd you get started in the sport? Um, I've been running since I was a kid, pretty much since like elementary school. I just always wanted to run. Um, that was where I felt my most free. I would run against the boys and try and beat them. <laughs> we would have like a little race um, during PE class. You know, you run down to the fence and back, which is mm -hmm. probably maybe a quarter mile, if that. Like I, I grew up out in the country, so we had some, some distance to run. Um, so that was like super piquing my interest as a, as a kid. And then um, – I got into track cross country in 
middle school, high school, um, I did one cross country race in college and they left me out of the yearbook and I'm still salty about that. <laughs> um, uh, you know, grow up through, through college and you get to your adult life and then all of a sudden you just kind of stop running. And, um, you know, I looked around and I was like, man, I kind of miss it. <laughs> um, and I was here in San Antonio and a local running company was doing a 50K um, trail race and they had like a whole training plan and they were doing a training group. And I was like, you know what, I should probably lose a couple of pounds. And I think that's something that I just really need to jump into. And so I jumped in and that's where I found Jess and Soul and Amber and Megan. And we, we started forming our own little, little group within the group. And we would just have a really good time. And, um, you know, we've been best friends ever since. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's nothing, I don't know, maybe there's, there's something better, but as far as bringing people together and, and building some of those bonds, I mean, a good running group will, will do that. You know, you get to, you get to know some, some folks. And I mean, quite frankly, that's, that's kind of the premise of this show is like, like if we were out for a run and we're just kind of, you know, the, the, the conversations that you have, especially when you're able to, run with people, you know, consistently weeks after weeks, months after months, uh, the, the depth of those, those relationships, I mean, you know, probably preaching to the choir, a lot, lot, most, most folks or a lot of folks, anybody who runs socially kind of knows that. Um, but, but I guess, I guess kind of going back to running competitively, high school, dipping your toes into it, it sounded like a little bit there in college. Um, and then if I heard correctly, maybe taking a little bit of a break, um, how, how long of a break are we talking? probably a good few years. Um, I ended up having back surgery when I was 15. Um, I had a herniated disc in my L5S1. Um, I don't really know how that really happened at such a young age. And we just kind of just went, skipped over, you know, the PT and Mm -hmm. (laughs) everything because they were like, well, you already do track and field, so you're pretty strong as it is. Um, and we just went straight to surgery. Um, and then a couple of years later in college, I had a second surgery because of the first one, there was like this, like tiny, tiny little speck of bone that was like part of the shaved off part. Um, that was just really hitting my, my nerve just right. And it wasn't coming out on the, the x-rays or the, the CT scans or anything like that. And, um, after that, I was just, terrified mm-hmm. after that second surgery I was just terrified of running again and and like I didn't want it to have my back fused and I was just kind of like sad and moping around a lot you know for a few years of and then I would see like other people running and they doing the marathons and stuff and <laughs> it's super cliche I, I read uh, Dean Karnas' book mm-hmm. Ultra Marathon Man and that really got me thinking like man, I should probably, I should probably do some of these races. That sounds like a lot of fun, but I don't know if I can still do that or not. (laughs) Um, And so then I just tried it and I was like, you know what, if I still have this burning desire, then I need to be doing it. I need to have life, like life within my life. (laughs) Absolutely. Was there, I don't know. Like, like I totally get the idea of like, I've had surgery now on my back twice. And like, I, I don't know, like, I don't want to keep making things worse, but I I guess like kind of that, that I, like I said, I can totally see that, that, that mindset, but I'm curious, was there any suggestion that the running was causing the the original herniation and and maybe, you know, some of the, the irritation for the second surgery, or was it just kind of one of those, like, I don't know if they're related, but if they are, I don't want it to make it type of worse situations. I never received any feedback from any physician that I've seen saying that it was caused or anything or even making it worse um, by running. So I was like, well, if it's not making it worse and I'm actually being active and I'm keeping down my weight and I'm being stronger, then I guess it's helping. (laughs) No, totally. That that makes sense. I still have have, um, like arthritic pain every now and then and, um, in some of my YouTube videos, like, uh, I've, I've mentioned in there that like the super, super cold weather really hurts my back. So like, I'll, I'll be out there with like those big thermo 
Theracare backpacks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, I'll put those on and those really help. Um, but definitely being more active helps it more than just sitting around and doing nothing about it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I feel like I've said this a few times, but I, I believe it fully that you know, however, whatever your belief system is, whether we were intelligently designed or whether we just evolved to where we are today, um, we got here because we like we were either made to move or we got here because we can move. And I just kind of feel like like, man, you know, if if it possible to keep moving, like that's that's just the best thing for our, our system. That's the best thing for our bodies. And um, yeah. yeah, you stop you stop moving, whether it's injury necessity or, or otherwise. And it just, it just kind of feels, and maybe it's anecdotal. Maybe it's just the, the circles I run in or you know, certain family situations or whatever, but man, it's just like, as soon as you stop moving again, whether you're in your twenties or your eighties or anywhere in between, it's like things just go downhill quickly. So, so yeah, keep it moving. I, I got to feel, um, as much as you can handle it and, and, and be able to do so intelligently. And like you said, you know, adjust and wear the, the heat pack when that's what's required. Um, it's gotta be, be good for you in the long run. So, so you, the the gap you know you you, you kind of read read Dean's book um and and you see this this 50k uh, as as an option to kind of you know maybe maybe this would be a fun race or at least again maybe I'm putting words in your mouth but that's kind of how I, I heard that that progression that story and so I guess the the maybe the most I don't know the most obvious question to me is why jump right into 50k like you know there's half like you said you saw people running marathons you might have heard of maybe a half marathon or a 5k something like that um what was what was other than, I don't know, maybe, maybe there was another, other, other factor. I guess I don't want to put words in your mouth, but, um, why jump right to ultra marathons instead of maybe, you know, easing back into the waters a little bit more gradually for lack of a better way of, of saying it. Well, I guess I kind of left out a part. Uh, so I did pick up half marathon. Okay. Um, I did a couple of those and I really challenged myself and I was still competing with my old self of, you know, my track and cross country days of like, Oh, I can, I need to be running like a seven minute mile. Um, I need to be doing, you know, whatever time and whatever pace. And I just kind of sucked the fun out of it. Mm. <laughs> and so I went to a slump after that, after the, the half marathons. And I was just kind of really struggling. And I did a couple of triathlons and um, got into cycling, got into a cycling group. And that's when I saw the... Um, the, the training group. So, um, that's really what was kind of the catalyst of it where I was like, I, I love running. Cycling is a passion also, but running is like my major, my major love of my life. Mm -hmm. And so, um, when I saw that opportunity, I was like, you know what, I need that accountability and I need that group and that social aspect of it. And that's perfect for my life. Yeah. That, so that's in, up. <laughs> that, in my simple mind, that makes a whole lot more sense. Cause like I, I've, I've very much been the, the slip. Well, and at least in, the, in, in getting into trails and, and ultra running, been the slippery slope kind of like, well, let's start a little bit smaller and, and ease up. I was an idiot when it came to road marathons and just kind of did that as like my first real race. But that's another story for another day. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so, so you, you dip your toes into the, the ultra waters, you run, you run the 50 K with meet, make, make some, sounds like some really good friends that are probably hopefully still friends with, with, with them at this point and, and you know, run many miles mm -hmm. together. Um, what, what was it like? How quickly, I guess, was the progression? So you run this first 50 K. Was it like, let's try 50 miles. Let's, let's keep climbing the ladder pretty quickly. Or did you kind of stick around and, and just kind of really get a feel for, for 50 K and, and the ultra kind of vibe, uh, for a little while before you started climbing the ladder? Um, I guess it's a little bit of both. I was pumping the brakes on myself because I know I can get carried away. <laughs> um, but I, I'm in for running for the lot for my lifetime. Like I, I want to be running ultras when I'm in my sixties and seventies, hopefully. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, um, I think it was relatively quick that we jumped into the 50 mile, I guess, maybe not. I, I think we started training together in 2018 and then it was 2020 maybe, or was it 2019? Like every, all of the races now are just kind of it jumbled blurs. all together. Yep. No, absolutely. 
Um, but it was Rocky Raccoon 50 miler. And I want to say it was 2020 because that was our big race for the year. And then all of a sudden we came home and then COVID happened. Right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so how, um, how did the, how did the 50 miler go? Was it, was it a good progression? Good step forward? It was. It was really good. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about running. Um, I learned a lot about nausea. Mm. <laughs> like, um, so I also have IBS too. Mm. So that really played a huge factor in my, my day. I spent a lot of time in the porta potties. Mm. <laughs> Hopping porta potty to porta potty. <laughs> um, uh, like I, I, I... I don't know. Like, like I, I've, I've run just enough ultras to be dangerous, but nothing more than 45 miles is the longest I've gone. Um, but I, I feel like, you know, like, like the joke or the meme or whatever I've seen a few places, you know, an ultra is just nothing but an eating contest, you know, with, with some running in between, um, yeah. which I like, like for me, I'm kind of like, yeah, okay. Ha ha ha. I get it. But I've never thought about it from a perspective of like somebody with IBS. Like that's, that's, Ooh, that, that's, that's a, uh, pardon the, the that's that's a that's a yucky situation or at least has the, the tendency to or possibility of becoming one real quick yeah I, sometimes it's it's that i eat something that's outside of my norm mm -hmm. and then sometimes it's just something in my norm that just doesn't agree with me that particular day <laughs> so it's a it's roulette <laughs> well but then along along those lines and and I mean, you know, we're runners, so talking poop stuff, like whatever, that's no no factor. Um, but like, you know, for fueling for these races, and and obviously, you know, I mean, you've done you've done at least one hundred. We'll we'll get to that here uh, eventually. But um, when it comes to fueling, obviously, you kind of like you said, you got your plan of like these things typically work, but you don't always know. But if something goes sideways, whether it's something that you would normally eat that just doesn't agree with you that day for whatever reason, or you, you somehow accidentally take in something that you thought was fine, it wasn't, and and you're you're struggling at that point. What is what does that do to the the fueling? Like, how, I gotta I assume that that's gonna mess up the fueling for these longer races. But how does how does that play out for you? It's a lot of problem solving, mm. and it's just really playing around with it. And sometimes it's the first time that it doesn't want to go down and work, and then you just keep at it, and it will magically resolve itself. Mm -hmm. um, I also think like sometimes it's it's that racing aspect where you're pushing yourself beyond what you normally would do during a training run mm -hmm. that is really upsetting it. Mm -hmm. So slowing down your pace, uh, bringing your heart rate down, relaxing those muscles. Do it, like sometimes I've, I've had to like literally stop on the side of the trail and <laughs> do some, some cat cows, <laughs> some child pose, um, just to get some of that gas out because it's, so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and just kind of reset the system a little bit, like like everything chill out and then try yep. again. Mm -hmm. Wow, man, that's you know again like we talk talk to runners across the spectrum, and it's always you know it's always that worry of like something goes a little bit sideways, but that's when you're you know I, I, again at least in general like you're talking about somebody that doesn't have some type of of issue where you just never know whether it's whether it's Crohn's whether it's IBS like any of those type of of issues where things can just go from now we're feeling pretty good to, oh shit, you know, literally, um, like, <laughs> man, that's, that's, that's a whole other level of, of, you know, fueling and, and practicing your fueling strategy and things like that, that quite frankly, I just kind of take for granted. And that's a really great thing about our group is that we run with each other every single week. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about our week. We're talking about how everything's going and then also we'll crew for each other. Mm -hmm. So then if I'm having a problem, like for during the hundred miler, like I was eating a whole bunch of junk. And then Amber was like, why are you eating right. potato chips? You don't normally eat potato chips. Don't you think maybe that's why your stomach's upset? <laughs> I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> right. Right. I was just thinking about the salt, <laughs> mm -hmm. but you're right. You're right. So they know what we normally eat. So, um, you know, just playing off of each other. Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's, um, I would have to imagine that's helpful too, where, you know, like you, like 
when, when it's with people that you know and that people that know you and they know you at your best and they know you at your worst and vice versa, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you're struggling and you need a little pat on the back and like, come on, Michelle, it's okay. Like, let's go. Or, you know, maybe sometimes it's the reverse and you need, you need that little, you know, kick in the backside of like, let's go like, like tough love, mm-hmm. like suck it up. Let's, <laughs> let's go. Um, you know, the, the people that know you best, a know when you, when, which is which or which, which type of, you know, carrot or stick, but also it probably, at least in my experience, set, it works a bit better when it like, it's not like, who are you talking to me like this? It's like, oh yeah, I know, I know exactly who you are and I know exactly why you're talking to me like this. And like, yeah, okay, <laughs> let's, let's go. So talking about hundred milers, um, when, when have you done multiple hundreds? You've just done the one. When, when was, uh, when was, or when was the first hundred, I guess? The first hundred was this year in January. Um, we went out to Florida for the long haul 100. Um, Jess is living in Florida right now. We met over there and um, we had a really good time. <laughs> well, at least I, I hope everyone had a good time. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, I definitely caught that bug and I, I can't wait to do more. I saw people who were doing the that did the long haul in January. Then some people did Rocky Raccoon 100. Mm-hmm. Some people went to do um, the Keys 100. There was one that went to Badwater, and I was like, "Wow! Like doing multiple in a year—that's amazing. How do you even yeah. do that?" And I think really it's just kind of like how you just scale it up, where you know. At first, you're like, wow, how can you do multiple 5Ks in one weekend or in one month where you just do, oh, I wonder if I can do 50Ks <laughs> that way. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's kind of the same thing, maybe. <laughs> yeah, something. I, I've, I've, I've talked to a few of those folks that are like, yeah, you know, I, I just feel best when I'm doing like a 100 miler every month or so. And I'm like, how do you feel? Like, like. I just feel like it's a constant game of, of, you know, recovering and then maybe getting a couple good training runs in and then like, all right, well, time to taper a little bit, but, but the body adapts, you know, the body is, yeah. is pretty incredible at, at adapting to this situation. And, and you also need to remember that like, I most people don't get there overnight. Like it's been probably a decade of sure. long distances and building up mileage and accumulating volume that they get to that point where they can do that. And they're also potentially, hopefully, um, aware enough of their body and how they're feeling to know that like, Hey, if today's not my day, like it's not do or die. Cause I've got another one next month or I'm going to, I'm going to walk most of it or walk a lot of it or not push the pace and, mm-hmm. and kind of have, have some of that, which, you know, a lot of times that comes with experience too, whether you're talking short and fast or, or these, you know, some of these long ultras, like the, the more times you've done it, the more, you know, Hey, check this out. You know, I need to check myself here, things like that. But uh long haul. So that was, you know, fun fact. Um, just, uh, we moved just about a year ago from like, I, w- I was basically in the long haul backyard, uh, where I lived oh, in nice. Florida and now we, we live in Georgia. Um, and so I, I, you know, like I'm familiar enough with it. I've run some of the races that the, that the, the organization does that, that puts on long haul. I haven't run long haul itself, but some of the other races they do, um, always a great organization, but, but, you know, tell us how you're, it sounds like you had a good experience, but, but fill us in a little bit on the details of kind of how, how the first hundo went for you. Yeah, um, Jess, our our friend Jess, she really said it best that like, you know, the 100 mile distance is difficult enough. There's no need to add mountains and navigating to it for your first one. (laughs) So that aspect of where it's a looped course and your crew is there um, for for last year, I saw them like multiple times per loop. Like that was just amazing it it kept my energy high enough it kept me fueled it kept me awake <laughs> for the most part um it, it was really great um they have a they had a dj out there that was like all night long it was amazing um it was a little bit damp so the rooted section um the florida roots are very different from texas roots <laughs> you think that the the trail is flat and there's like hidden roofs underneath the underneath the ground that will grab you um so we ended up walking that whole section and we would grab a drink like a hot drink from our pretty much camp out spot go walk that section and then our crew would meet us at that 
that next intersection from that lolly, uh, the out and back, hand them off the, the finished drink. And then we'd go do our little section by ourselves, come back in, grab our crew paper, and then go back out right. for that longer section. So it was really cool. Um, me and Jess did it. We did it pretty much together. We started off separated because um, we were like, we don't know how everything's going to play out. Right. You know, we've, this is both of us for our first time. So we're just going to see how the day takes us. And so she was ahead of me for a little while. Then I would jump ahead of her. And, and then she was ahead of me for a good while. And then um, when night fell, she was like, do you want to run with me? <laughs> I was like, I don't want to slow you down. And she was like, well, I don't want to slow you down. And I'm like, well, that means that we should be sticking together. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's just slow each other down. It'll be fine. <laughs> so uh, we stuck together throughout the night and, and we finished the into the next day together, which was by far my most amazing um, experience. If y'all have the chance to do a hundred miler with a best friend <laughs> and then have your best other best friends like crew y'all that was it was just amazing <laughs> yeah that, that, that's that would be a good recipe but i'm still firmly planted in the i have no desire to do a hundred miler just yet type <laughs> of camp because i know if i say i will never do one um then it, then the clock starts ticking and it only becomes mm-hmm. inevitable. So we're still we're still just saying you know not right now maybe someday not right now. <laughs> um, but I'm curious and and you know again everybody obviously everybody's story everybody's experiences in these types of races are always different. But it seems like a relatively common theme is that you know over the course of 100 miles and especially if you're talking you know 25 28 30 hours whatever whatever it is. Um, you know there's there's some times when things are are going pretty good physically and or mentally and there's some times where everything's kind of a dumpster fire and, and it's a real struggle to keep going and it kind of ebbs and flows and you kind of go good for a while and then not so good and then back to good. Uh, but I'm curious, you know, did you have some of those struggles, maybe mentally priority is the, is, is more of the focus, but maybe some, some physical struggles as well. Um, and, and how did you kind of keep going and, and, and maybe that's having some friends and a good crew, things like that. But you know, how, how difficult was it, I guess, to keep going when you were in some of those rough patches? I think mentally I didn't have too much of a, of a rough patch than I did physically. Um, you know, I, I said a little bit earlier, like I had a lot of the IBS problems right. early, uh, early in the race and it was still daytime and I was like kind of mentally beating myself up about it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm only like 20 miles in. Why am I having such a shit day? <laughs> Like I can't, I can't get this like gas to go down and and, like I'm eating like everything in sight, like all this candy and junk food and donuts (laughs) and chips and and then the the ultra runner's dream is not exactly the IBS person's dream. (laughs) Yeah. And so I stopped eating junk after that and stuck to um, my pre-organized plan, which is like my tailwind and um, my V fuels and, Mm -hmm. Um, just picking up like mashed potatoes and, and broth ar- along the way. Um, and that really settled my stomach quite a bit, um, along with some ginger chews and tums. <laughs> <laughs> um, but mentally, it was not terrible because I knew I wanted to finish more than I wanted those like demons to come out. <laughs> um, I think it was more so like in the middle of the night where it was just the absolute sleep deprivation for me. Um, I feel like I'm an old lady. Like I have to go to bed at like 9.30, 10 p.m. mat, like at the very latest. And I did not prepare to stay up late. (laughs) So shame on me. So now I know what I'm going to do next time. Um, But definitely trying to stay awake at like, 3.30, 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning, um, we had Jess's boyfriend, Jorge, pacing us, and he was straight in front of me, and my headlamp kept dying, so I'm, like, bending forward at the waist, trying to see the ground from my almost dead headlamp, and I'm just seeing his feet just trot along, and they're just so beautiful in this like rhythmic pace and then all of a sudden I'm starting to fall asleep while I'm standing up (laughs) and running and moving forward and I'm like oh 
And then I started like hallucinating after that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh goodness, that was that was quite an experience. Yeah, I would I would imagine. I, I um am very much also like you in that, you know, like the goal is usually nine o'clock. Like nine thirty we can we can cut ourselves some slack if we're getting to bed at that time. But like if it gets to ten o'clock, it's like, dude, what what are you doing? Like what <laughs> Like, you're gonna be future future Diz is gonna be hating yourself tomorrow. Like get to bed. Um, but I, I I a couple of years ago had the the pleasure of pacing somebody for for a hundred. Um, and unlike you and Jess, who were like, yeah, we'll run a flat hundred because that makes sense for your first hundred. Um, this was a friend of mine's first hundred, and it was like straight up mountains, and it was like a forty eight hour cutoff because it was that like that's how much elevation it was. Um. And we sure, like, I, I paced both night shifts, and we sure were, were up and out both nights, like, all through the night. And, I mean, for me, so I got to sleep a little bit in between, but she was she was on the go for, whatever, 46 straight hours or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the sleep deprivation was, was I mean, it was it felt like it was real for me, but it was definitely real for her. And, uh, yeah, there were a couple of times when she was like, what's that house doing there? I didn't remember seeing that house. And I was like, Anna, there's no house there, girl. Like, you're just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> whatever she's like oh i'm hallucinating again aren't i, I was like yeah you are you sure are she's like all right well all right keep going so yeah it's it's a thing and and i but but to, to your point earlier just a couple minutes ago about you know you weren't didn't really prepare for it i i'm curious and, and maybe this isn't really a question you can answer because you ha- you you know haven't experienced it yet or haven't tried it but i don't know how much of that you can ex- you can really prepare for or at least what the bet like yeah you could you could run through the night some in training but then if that jacks up your sleep, like, does that, does it help you? Does it hurt you? Like, like I go back and forth on it. And like I said, I don't know if there's an answer for it, but have you thought about, you know, next time you, you, you I'm assuming there might be a next time that you try to do one of these, like mm-hmm. h- how much night training do you do in terms of still trying to balance sleep and life and everything else and, and health with also like the experience of running through the night? I'm really not too sure. Um, the running at night itself wasn't terrible it was just the being without sleep part for me um so I think maybe like being out of that routine of going to bed at 9 30 and either waking up super duper duper early like three four o'clock in the morning or going to bed a lot later like towards midnight um because I know I think Jess was going to bed a lot later than I usually do and so she she didn't have to take a nap or anything. <laughs> like I I absolutely had to take a nap, and I was like, no more than ten minutes, please. And I sat down in a chair, and I kept trying to like almost wake myself up, like it's been more than ten minutes. And they're like, no, it's only been like thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah, because that's a scary thing. Because like like you get that, that ten minutes, and you could be super rejuvenated, or you could be like tired. Like you thought yeah. you were tired before the nap. You get that little taste and like now there's, 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 it's that much harder to get going. So it's, it's, yeah, again, I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't experienced it. Um, it's just only experienced it as, as a, as a pacer, a crew member. What the answer is like, it's, you just kind of do your best and, and, you know, try to keep putting one foot in front of the other. And if you got to take a little nap, you take a little nap. So shifting gears a little bit, Mich- Michelle, um, race directing. And, and organizing and being being part of the, the crew of, of putting on some races. The Medusa 100 is one that I know we want to talk about a little bit. Um, how long has is, is this that part of your life been in, in the mix? So I have been wanting to put on a trail race for a long time. Um, definitely for a few years now. Um, Erica and I, my business partner, um, have been doing um, a women's bike race. Well, I guess it's not technically a race. It's a women's bike ride, and it's the biggest in Texas. Um, I think it's pretty much the only one in Texas. And um, we've been doing that since 2019. So I've been wanting to do one probably about the same amount of time. But, um, you know, it's always like the time constraints and putting on – a, a a bike tour plus you know having a full-time job your family friend commitments right. and your dogs and your kids and all of the other things you know it, it's a lot so um this year after you know doing the 100 mile 
at long haul, I was like, man, we really need to to get this done. <laughs> that was such an amazing experience. Uh, and that was so much fun. Like, we need to bring this to Texas. Because there's um, very few 100 milers in Texas. So if you want to do that kind of distance, you know, you have to travel pretty far or out of state. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're going to do, this is our first year for the Medusa 100. It's um, at Land Heritage Institute in San Antonio, Texas, out by the Toyota plant. Um, it's pretty grassy, I guess you could say. Um, there's some sections where you go down to the Medina River and then you come back up. So it's got a little bit of climbing. Like, I mean, it's like Texas climbing. There's <laughs> <laughs> like Florida climbing. I can relate. Yep, for sure. It's kind of climbing. It's like Florida climbing. Um, so there's a tiny, tiny little bit of hills and stuff. Um, but it's just pretty much pasture land. It, it's really nice. It's kind of exposed. So if it's going to be, if it's a hot day, then good luck because it's going to be hot. Right. <laughs> what, what time of year? When, when, is, when is the race? Oh, yeah. So that is going to be November 4th of this year. All right. Uh, yeah. So just the beginning of hopefully fall weather for us. Right. Um, it's usually a toss-up for Halloween if it's going to be a cold one or a hot one. Well, but but at least in theory, and who knows, you know, how it all shakes out, but like even if it's a bit warm, like it's at least November, you know, it's not it's not yes. some of these silly people that are like, yeah, let's let's do a, you know, whatever, like like the Keys 100, you talked about that, like, you know, let's do a 100-miler in in the Keys in whatever that is early May. Like it's mm-hmm. going to be hot. Like it's just going to be hot. Like there's no no other way around it. So at least at least you're giving yourself a fighting chance and even if it's a warm fall, it might not be the dead of summer at least. So oh, there's that. Sure. Um like you said, you've been, you've been putting on these, these bike rides for, for a little while. Um, in theory, or at least you could, I could, I could see an argument that would say that adding an ultra distance race, like, yeah, I mean, obviously it's going to be a little bit logistically different than, than a bike ride, but like, you know, it's an endurance event is an endurance event. I don't necessarily agree with that, but then I could see somebody say, making that argument. Um, how, how, much of a step outside of what you've been doing before and, and maybe that, that comfort zone of, of the bike rides. Um, like, is this like a completely different animal or is there a lot of overlap in terms of logistics and permitting and, and kind of getting everything organized between the two different events? So far it's been pretty much an overlap. The only distance, uh, the only difference that we've seen so far um, is getting the timing down. Because for our tour, we don't do any timing at all. It's more of like a community event. Um, this one, for sure, we're going to do timing. So um, that's like really the biggest difference is, is kind of figuring that out. And so Erica and I are very, very much DIY. Uh, we love to give back to the community and stuff like that. So for the women's tour, we haven't been paying ourselves. Um, everything either goes back to a nonprofit or the little bit that we keep left is going back to um, the business to do for future events um, for the future years. And so um, we're just relying on our, our community to help us kind of figure that out. We've, we've got another um, a race that we're going to go this, after, um, this afternoon, um, this weekend, um, to go to the women's run, San Antonio Roadrunners women's run. So we're going to go see how they do their timing over there and see if that's something that we can figure out or if we need to hire somebody for that. Right. Right. Yeah. How much of a, so again, I mean, like, like there's, there's a little bit of overlap. So it's not like this is completely brand new to you in terms of just some of the logistical stuff, but I mean, outside of timing, um, which, yeah, I mean, I can see where that's, that's completely different. Um, like how, how much have you been like at, at, at long haul, for example, like you're running the race, but mm-hmm. was, was, I guess here's the, maybe the first question is I'm working it through verbally apologies to everybody listening that it's so nonsense, but you're used to it by now. Um, was the Medusa race planned before long haul or did long haul kind of inspire Medusa? And maybe you already said that and I missed it. And if so, I apologize. 
So I had been planning, so we had been wanting to do Medusa, but we didn't have like a name. We had the location idea, we had the route idea, um, but I think long haul really inspired us, inspired me to like say like, no, we need to do this. <laughs> like stop, stop, we need to stop putting this off. We need to put it on now. <laughs> right. Um, I'm very much a dreamer. Erica is very much a, a doer and, uh, we fit each other very well in our, in our business. <laughs> that works. That works. Well, that, isn't that what they say when you, when you start a business with somebody, like you want somebody whose strengths are, are you know, kind of your weaknesses and vice versa so that you can balance each other out instead of two people that both do the same thing really well and struggle at another area, then, you know, what's the point of having two people at that point? Mm-hmm. So, so when you're running long haul and kind of knowing that you kind of had this idea in the back of your, your mind, were you, were you kind of taking, I don't want to say taking notes, but like, you know, were, were there any thoughts of like, oh, let, let's see kind of some of the logistics here, kind of how they do this there or, or it, it kind of sounds like it all kind of really came together afterwards. So maybe there wasn't that type of, of thought while also trying to run your first hundred. I think I do that anyways. Like anytime I do any other event, <laughs> like any event that I show up to, um, I end up doing that. Um, just seeing how they put together their aid stations, who's their volunteer base. Um, how do they put their packet pickups together? Um, where did they have their packet pickup? And I think that's something that I just can't turn off in my brain now that we've been putting on races for right. for four years, <laughs> um, which, I mean, I don't mind, but it doesn't really get in the way of me enjoying the event because Good. that's something that I do want to separate in my, in my brain is like, um, like picking up after I'm not picking up, but like, um, taking pieces that I like from other people, like, as a suggestion and then making it my own. Um, and then, you know, we create something completely different. Right. Right. Um, the, the, the Medusa hundred, are we talking laps? If so, what's, what's the distance of the lap? Is it one big loop out and back? What, what's the, the, the course logistics from that perspective? Yes. So it's about a 10 mile loop. Um, so the, there is a 5k option also. So that's a lollipop loop. Um, but the 10 mile, 10, 10 mile, 50K, 100K, and 100 mile, we'll be doing a 10 mile loop. So we'll have three aid stations, I believe, if I remember correctly. Yeah, three aid stations or two. <laughs> you, still got, you still got a few months to figure that out. Yeah, for we sure. still have a few months. I'm pretty sure it was three aid stations that I wrote down. Um, so, uh, it's pretty much a loop. You go down into the riverbed, then you come back up, and then um, it's straight out pastures. You cross the the Medina Greenway for a little bit, um, you cross it back and forth, and then you come back around and you see the cows. And um, <laughs> that's that's the really cool part about Land Heritage Institute is that they have a lot of cows out there. Um, we've done a couple of races before out at that property and um, there's coyotes and um, raccoons and like all sorts of like wildlife out there and, and people have seen like hogs and stuff. So uh, that's, that's the really cool part about it. Cause like you're in San Antonio technically, but right. it feels so rural at the same time. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, and for, for whatever it's worth, and it's not, probably worth nothing, but I'm going to throw this out there anyway. The 45 miler I did um, was, I think it was like a nine mile loop. So we'll call it 10, you know, close enough. Um, and they had three aid stations. And for me, that was perfect because it was just like, it was a 5k. Like all I had to do was run. I never had to run more than 5k because then I was at an aid station, stop, refill, refresh, whatever. All right, 5k, you know. Um, so I think, I think a three aid station, 10 mile loop, you got something there. Yeah. Not that you asked my opinion and not that my opinion matters, <laughs> but I'm just saying that. <laughs> and I love people's opinions because that makes me, that gives me like a little something to, to chew on in my brain. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I can do that. That sounds better than, than something that I had in my, my own head. Yeah. And, and I, you know, and again, I mean, I, I've never done a hundred, so my, my opinion is even less valuable than it would be had I done a, a few of these races, but you know, maybe early, you don't need to do that every five or every, you know, three mile type of situation, but it's just like, I could imagine, 
I could imagine myself, if I could imagine myself doing a hundred miler, which that's a stretch, but let's say I could, you know, I could see myself getting to mile 60, mile 70, be like, this sucks. But I could, I could, I could do the mental gymnastics and be like, it's just a 5k and you don't really like 5ks, but like you can walk a 5k, you could, you could stumble a 5k, um, and kind of use that to keep going versus, you know, Oh, you you just got to do another five or six miles. So you get to the next aid station and be like, Nope, game over ball game. So anyway, um, well, that's, that's exciting. And, and hopefully the, the race goes well. And, 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 you know, for, for those that want to dip their toes into ultra running, you got options there. Uh, maybe, maybe dipping toes into first hundred miler. Is it, is it sounds like relatively beginner friendly, as long as the weather doesn't get too out of hand is, would you agree with that, that for the first like hundred mile type of distance? I would certainly agree with that. Um, you're not only going to have amazing support at the aid stations, you're going to have the support of the ultra arenas. <laughs> Yes, so we've, we've got our our wonderful crew badges. So we've all crewed multiple races, multiple different types of races. So you've definitely got our support. So if you don't, if you show up and you don't have crew, we can help you out. Gotcha. Oh, that's awesome. Um. All right. Well, hopefully that all goes goes great, and and hopefully maybe we get a couple of folks that that are, you know, kind of dipping, dipping their toes or, or maybe, you know, looking for a fall ultra to do that, you know, maybe in Texas or want to take a, an excuse to, to go check out the Lone Star State. You can kind of come and check it out. Um, we'll, we'll make sure to link it in the show notes, but what is, is there an easy link to get to the, the page to, to sign up and get, and get going? It is on ultra sign up, or you can go to our website, racechingona.com. All right. And we'll make sure, like I said, to link all those up as well. So one last question for you, Michelle, before we, we get out of here for today, I call it the philosophical question when I, when I wrap it up and it's just kind of a general, kind of like the introductory question, pretty open-ended. You can take it wherever you want to go with it. Um, and, and that's, where we'll wrap it up for you. But, um, you know, for, for somebody like yourself, that's been running for, for a long time, a little bit of break here or there, but for the most part running, running for most of your life, um, just kind of curious why, you know, what, what, what is it about running at this point in your life? Um, that not only is it so important to you to, to do from, a something that you enjoy, but also, I mean, giving back, starting a, a, a race, like that's no small undertaking in itself. <laughs> why is, why is running still so important to you? It's definitely adding experiences to my life. Um, I, I, like I said before, like, I want to be the old lady running, um, <laughs> I think definitely with the ultra arenas, like we've created like such an amazing, strong core group, um, amazing women just supporting each other. It's, it's definitely changed my life and changed my outlook and they know too many secrets that we can't stop running <laughs> with each other either. <laughs> um, but definitely it's taken me so many different places and different states and um, it's, it's gotten me to, to do racecations now mm-hmm. where I have something to look forward to. So uh, I guess to answer your question in a nutshell, like just to add life, to add experiences to my life. Yeah. I, I love it. And um, as is often the case, I'm kind of nodding along going, yep. I, yeah, I think I, I feel the same way and I'm sure other people are as well. So um keep on keeping on. And, and y'all, if you enjoyed today's conversation, want to follow along with Michelle and, and see what's going on with the Medusa 100, what the all terrainers are up to maybe do the, the bike ride as well. Um, again, it's at Michelle, M E C H E L L A dot runs the world on Instagram at ultra at race Chingona. Um, and on the YouTubes at ultra Rainas there as well. Disruns.com slash 1170. Well, everything linked up as per usual, uh, the Medusa 100, maybe we'll throw a link, throw, throw a link to long haul in there as well. I don't know. We'll, we'll uh, link all the things as per usual, uh, but disruns.com slash 1170. We'll get you there. Uh, Michelle, thank you so much for taking the time today. It's, it's, uh, glad we were able to, to connect a little orange mud ambassador group here. So, uh, always, always love help. connecting with the other orange mud dirt unit p- folks that are usually doing epic and awesome things. And you're certainly right there in that category. So keep doing it, lady. Keep, keep living your life. Keep running until you're a, a little old lady. My plan is to keep running until I'm a little old man. So uh, let's, let's keep it up and uh, <laughs> uh, certainly wish you nothing but the best going forward. And certainly lots of great success with uh, the Medusa 100 and, and hopefully not just this year, but many, many years to come. Thank you so much. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. 
Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Michelle and myself. And as per usual, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your takeaway du jour? Du jour. Um, for me, I think it has to be the ultra rainas, right? Like that has to be the takeaway. It doesn't have to be the takeaway for you. It has to be the takeaway for me and just how valuable it can be to have uh, a close knit group of of running friends, and this is this is coming to you from you know introverts introvert over here, um, but just hearing Michelle talk about like like every story she has, and, and I say this in a good way, every story she has is about her and her and her reinas, you know, and and they're 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 running together, they're they're organizing races together, um, they're crewing for each other, they're traveling to races to support each other, and like I mean even just something as as simple, maybe not simple, as valuable. As you know, running with a friend who you run with all the time, who knows who knows you know your sensitive stomach issues in Michelle's case, but just in general, who knows who knows who knows you pretty well, and you're making what maybe is is a peculiar choice to just eat all the things when you know you have a sensitive stomach and that's not good, probably not good for you. And you know your friend's like, "Yo, dude, what are you doing? Uh, maybe eat you know your normal stuff," and you're like, "Oh yeah." Like you would think, this is me projecting. This is not me casting any type of judgment on Michelle at all. But this, me thinking, like, I, why I would never make that mistake. Yet I would make that mistake, right? But to have that outside perspective, you know, for me it would probably be Kate or or yeah, I mean that'd be my, my closest running friend by far at this point in my life. You know, maybe I need to get somebody here in Georgia, or I need to keep you know the full court press on to get Kate to move up here. But one way or the other, you know, to have somebody that could call me on my crap. Uh, especially if I'm doing something that just seems absolutely ridiculous. Like, yo, you know, your plan was to run, you know, whatever, 12 minute pace and you're running eight minute pace. You might want to slow it up down. Like, oh yeah, I might want to do that. Like just those types of things where you have a, a close knit group that knows you and that is, is supporting you at a race, especially at a big ultra. If that's the type of thing that you're doing where you're crewing together, maybe you're running together, whatever it is, but just, just the, the way that you get to know each other over the course of months and years running together and, that can provide some pretty valuable insight that either doing the race by yourself, doing the race with maybe friends or family that, that theoretically know you pretty well, but they're not, they're not running with you. They don't, they don't know you from a running perspective nearly as well. Um, or just, you know, some random person. Cause like, you know, we've all heard stories of some of you that have run a lot of ultras. You've, you've probably picked up random crew at a race before certainly helpful but maybe not to the level of having those close running friends. So my takeaway today is to maybe, maybe step outside of that introvert's bubble uh, that I used to insulate myself and try to get some close running friends here. Or Kate, come on, pick up the family. Let's go. There's there's new houses for sale up here every day. Maybe one of y'all want to move to Evans. Hey, come on down. We'll, we'll, we can be running buddies. Forget Kate. <laughs> Love you, Kate. Anyway, that was my takeaway today. The value of good running friends. Um, and maybe even just, you know, the, the level of friendship that you get to because of the running friendship. Um, but, but what that can do for you in a race situation, pretty powerful, pretty powerful. So that was my takeaway today. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? If you're willing to share it, I'd love to hear it at Diz runs on Twitter at Diz runs on Instagram at Diz runs on the threads. You can also reach me via email, disruns at gmail.com. And of course, if you'd rather head over to the show notes for today, couple of photos. Of course, we've got a photo of the rain is on there as well. Of course we do. Um, but a couple other photos as well. Uh, and then, you know, whatever all the other kind of stuff, links, links to Michelle's races, um, links to the races that we talked about, all the things, social medias, all that good stuff. But in terms of feedback and takeaways, of course, there's that comment section down at the bottom of all of the, all of the stuff, the bottom of the page, comment section, leave your thoughts, leave your feedbacks, leave your takeaways there for me. And I'll get back to you. Of course, uh, but always love to hear what your takeaways are from these episodes when you're willing to share it. So thanks for sharing them in the past. Thanks for sharing them for this episode. Thanks for sharing them in the future as well. One last call for one-to-one -one coaching. If you want a little bit of help preparing for not only just the next race on the calendar, but maybe, that maybe you know, I, I, I do really think, shameless plug, but I do really think that my style of coaching works best when we're aligned for a long period of time. Not that signing up for coaching locks you into some commitment for the next three years, but you know I'm going to try to earn your your resubscription or your renewal every month. Um, but I really think that you know we, we get started, maybe we, we bear some fruit for a fall race or a, a winter race, but then you know 2024 races, 2025 races. Now we're starting to cook with gas. Uh, but one way or the other, if you want to jump in board, jump on board the one to one coaching bandwagon, 
We got room for you. We got room for you. Dizruns.com slash one two one coaching is the link. Any questions, comments, anything like that that's not clear, please feel free to ask out or reach out. As always, I'm not going to try to push you into signing up. I'm not going to try to hard sell you. I'm not going to try to sleazy sell you. I'm just going to answer your questions. And if and when you're ready to sign up, then we'll get started. Then we'll get started. Dizruns.com slash one two one coaching. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up, y'all. Thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Thanks for taking Michelle and I with you today. Until next time, y'all, be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, right? Later, y'all. Thank you.